My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Each one of us undoubtedly realizes the need more than ever for us to step back, to stop, and above all, to speak to the Lord. How much it helps us to realize that he has longed for this time of prayer. That is true every single day. He longs, he yearns for us to give him this kind of attention. What matters during this time of prayer is that each one of us, that we talk to the Lord and ask him what he wants to say to each one of us in our heart. This is not a lecture, it is not a class, but it is an intimate conversation with someone, our Father God, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who is listening and who is here present in the tabernacle. We are united during this time of prayer, thinking of the elderly who are alone and afraid, thinking of workers without guaranteed salaries and who are now looking for a job, who are wondering how they are going to continue to provide for their families. Our hearts go out to those, and we, with great gratitude, those many people who are risking their own, their own health, taking care of so many people. And above all, our hearts, our prayers, go to those who are suffering from this, this bewildering disease. These are our brothers, our sisters, for whom we feel responsible. You may recall that in 2017, Pope Francis gave a TED Talk in Vancouver. It was unexpected. Those who were gathered in that auditorium, they knew that they were going to be listening to Serena Williams. They knew they were going to be hearing from Elon Musk. They did not know the identity of the third person who at the chosen moment suddenly appeared on the screen and said, Buona sera, was Pope Francis speaking from Rome. And at one point early on in his talk, he said these beautiful words. Quite a few years of life have strengthened my conviction that each and everyone's existence is deeply tied to that of others. Life is not time merely passing by. Life is about interactions. We all need each other. None of us is an island. None of us is an autonomous and independent I, separated from the others. And we can only build the future by standing together 
including everyone. Well, it is only logical for us to turn to the Lord during this time of prayer and ask him, how am I going to live up to what you expect of me? My Jesus, how are you and I going to handle this situation? We can assure the Lord that we are firmly convinced, firmly convinced that these exceptional moments are, if we want them to be, the chance for genuine growth. And we do want that to happen. We are convinced that they can be for us the time of a giant leap in our own personal life and in our interactions with others. The great enemy, of course, would be to see these days as just a provisional catastrophe, unusual circumstances that well, we just, we're holding on, waiting for them to pass by, when, and we can finally get back to our life as it was just a few weeks ago. But what a shame if we were to lose that, to lose this great chance to, for personal growth. This is a chance, this time of prayer, for us to reframe. That is to say, to step back and to find the kind of attitude that will lead us forward rather than simply stalling in neutral, if not going backwards. Someone, a very wise person, wrote the following. Suffering breaks some people, while suffering breaks others open into something more than their own selves, something more than their old selves stretching the soul to greatness. Quoting Léon Blois, a great writer, Man has places in his heart that do not yet exist, and into them enters suffering that they might have existence. We have to be fascinated with the possibility that there are aspects of our life, of our personality, perhaps certain talents, and above all, the capacity to be concerned about those around us that we have not yet discovered. There is a marvelous example of reframing that can help us. The example is that of St. Josemaria, the founder of Opus Dei, who found himself in 1936 in the midst of a terrible moment in the history of Spain, the Spanish Civil War. As you may know, during those first months, beginning in July of 1936, St. Josemaria and all priests, all religious, had to flee, had to go into hiding to avoid being assassinated on the street. Early in 1937, this young 35-year-old priest found himself with four others in a very small room in the delegation of Honduras in Madrid. 
beginning with that first day of, of enforced isolation, they had no idea how long that was going to last. One day after another, barely able to leave that room, anyone else, and in fact, the many dozens and dozens of other people who were also seeking shelter in that delegation, those other people spent those days and weeks and months, as it turned out, great frustration, constant complaining, despair. But St. Josemaria had this tremendous capacity to see things ultimately as a child of God. He was overwhelmed by the realization, by the reality, that we are God's children, that God is in control. Because of that, he reframed, if we can use that term. St. Josemaria showed the others, the other four who were with him, the chance to take this situation on head on, with optimism, with calmness, with discipline. He knew that one of the great dangers was the possibility of dissipation, of spending hours not doing anything. And so he established a, a very helpful, a very professional, so to speak, schedule. He set aside time for each of them to study. And looking ahead to the eventual end of the war and the resumption of normal activities, he assigned, <clears throat> excuse me, he assigned to each person a different language and said, you, you Alvaro, you, you can study Japanese, someone else you can study English, another person German. In other words, he found ways of giving them a sense of purpose, of meaning to those days. For days and weeks and months, five months in total, they could barely leave that room. They certainly could not go outside. Saint, that young priest, St. Josemaria, knew that if he walked outside, he could be shot right on sight. And furthermore, it's interesting to note, when he entered that delegation in early 1937, he had already lost 60 pounds and he was to lose another 20 pounds during those five months. Why do we bring this up? Because we need these stories. We are just in the, the very first days or first weeks of combating this strange, invisible enemy. we can take full advantage, and we ask St. Josemaria for this now, full advantage to see how to turn this around, how to grow on the inside through these circumstances. These are great times for us to connect more deeply with that which is at the very core of our identity, which is the fact that we are God's children that God is completely in control of this situation. Why is this happening? A mystery. But he is our father and he is the king of the universe. These are a great moment for us to dig deep into the well of our spiritual life.
Now, these days, there is a lot of talk about wellness, not just these days, but for recent years. Well, we can take that term wellness and have it refer to digging deep into the well of that which we have been storing up in our own soul thanks to our life of prayer. A lot of talk about having very strong core muscles. Well, those core muscles of our soul come from precisely this daily effort to connect to our Father God, as as we're doing here during this time of prayer. And let's face it, so many times in past weeks and months, maybe for years, we have all too often said to ourselves, I really wish I had more time. I wish I had more time to pray with calmness, with serenity, but things are so busy. Well, now we have time. And let us do whatever it takes to use that time well, to see that time as a genuine treasure, and to set aside time, quality time, to connect with this Father God of ours. At the risk of telling too many anecdotes, I really can't resist passing on another story about what took place in during, during very difficult moments. Again, back in the mid-1930s, someone recently came across a treasure trove, his grandmother's diary, in which she is writing in the 19, early 1930s. So we're talking about a moment shortly after the Great Depression, when the the effects of the Depression were still very much taking place. So at this moment, his grandmother was living in Birmingham, Alabama, raising seven young children. Her husband was traveling all over the United States, trying to sell life insurance, which turned out to be very difficult because no one had money back then. So here is this this young mother writing in her diary and saying the following in September 1935. No word from Frank, her husband, yesterday. We have no money. I redeemed milk bottles this morning for breakfast food. I'm all upset inside, waiting and hoping for some word. I have placed all my affairs in the hands of the Father, of God the Father, and I know things will be all right. Later that day, she writes, My prayers were answered. I had two letters from Frank in the morning mail with money enclosed. The cloud is lifting. I went to see Greta Garbo in Anna Karenina. Two months later, after days and days of rain, the sun shines again. One of the chickens died, but the family will not eat it. Cluck, the other chicken, still walks around the coop looking very lonely. And then finally, November 21st, praise God for the two quarts of milk left by the dairyman this morning. I was broke, 
And he said he was going to leave us milk every morning. This is another evidence of God's goodness. Well, on this note of God's goodness, of the milkman making this incredible gesture of kindness in the midst of great suffering, we can finish this time of prayer with a very simple message that was scrawled on a sidewalk in Brooklyn just a matter of weeks ago. Very simply, let us be excellent with each other. We ask the Lord right now as we finish this time of prayer, my Jesus, teach me to learn what it means to be excellent with everyone around me. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you all.